Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Hello, everybody. It is a different kind of show here tonight, a different day of the week, and a different time slot. We are all over the place uh, this week as we're scrambling to get ourselves ready uh, for our big debut on uh, Radio Free Fargo next Monday night. Uh, however, the way I look at this is, from a sports fan perspective, it's like a rainout. It's like a makeup game for a rainout, really. Uh, it was a show that, you know, we couldn't do because Blog Talk, you know, decided they just didn't want to work. And, uh, and and we had to reschedule, and luckily we, we got the rescheduling done in a timely fashion. So that's what tonight is. It's, it's sort of a rainout game, so to speak. Um, myself, Big Swing is here. I'm just getting out of work, so I do apologize for any sound quality. I am on a phone right now instead of in front of the microphone like usual. Um, Granny Hulkster's with us. The Icon, of course, is with us. Uh, now, Icon, before you tell us the two legends we have coming on here tonight, uh, obviously everybody knows, well, at least anybody who's been listening uh, and, and watching you know, our, our news updates anyway, uh, knows that we're going to be on KRFF next week, 95.9, um, Radio Free Fargo, which is which is a, a, a big-time move for us to be on an FM station, or another FM station, one here in New York and one in, in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. But, Icon, tell us a little bit, because what I'm curious about is this biography that's going on. Uh, about you, I I sort of I, I heard it in passing, but I have so much going on that I just I think I just kind of blew it off in my mind. I was like, oh okay, yeah, biography, whatever. And then I went back and was like, wait, what? Biography? So what? How how did this whole thing come about? I mean, who's writing it, and 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 how did you get this this gig? Well, you know, I noticed our guest is on. We'll go to him in a second. But real quick here, 
we are going to yeah, have it's actually a documentary. Not a, it's actually not a documentary. It's a biography. Oh, a documentary. Uh, it's okay. not a biography. It's a documentary. But uh, if you remember, we had Mike Braden on uh, here about a year ago, and he yeah. he had asked him about what his next project is, and he said that he wanted to do a documentary about the icon. So the ball is rolling on it, and uh, we're going to have him on, and we're going to have uh, Sue Ann uh, Breton on um, uh, next week. Uh, to get them hooked up, she's doing some music. He's doing a documentary. We're going to talk more about it. It's going to be fun. Look at you over here doing big things. So we'll talk a little bit about that in between guests. Um, today is going to be a pretty interview-heavy show. I mean, normally we have a little bit of banter back and forth. And, uh, Granny, how are you, by the way? I didn't really say hi to you yet. Uh, Hello. I'm um, good. I'm good. Oh, Excited for the show. Uh, Oh, it's going to be good. Um, so, again, our, our makeup game starts right now. Icon, uh, tell us who we got on, and uh, I'm going to bring him on the air here. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is the legend among wrestling legends. He is the only man that can make the WWE in the 80s what it was because of who he is. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the greatest ever, the flat-top man himself. He is Ronnie Garvin. Hey, this is Ronnie Garvin. You're listening to the Attitude Era live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Awesome. That's good, Ronnie. Hey, uh, tell me, now, you, you've had many... Uh, You've had many uh, introductions to the ring, but that had to be your best, wasn't it? What was it? Say that again now. Uh, that uh, in-ring introduction I just gave, that had to be the best in your career, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's up there with them. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was very good. <laughs> so, uh, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into this. Uh we have Ronnie Garvin on here. We have uh, him for 55 minutes, if he can if he can stand us for that long. We got tons of questions for you, and uh, we're right. going to get right to it. So uh, well, tell us, uh, what year did you officially break into the business? 1962. Yeah, I broke in 1962 in uh, Montreal, and then, uh, then I, I went to Boston. And uh, your nickname, of course, was uh, Rugged Ronnie Garvin back in the day. And, of course, you'll always be known as Rugged Ronnie Garvin to me because, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show with us, but you've always been my hero. I always loved everything about you when you were in the WWE, uh, when you are with uh, ACW, uh, you know, uh, you know Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. You know, everything that you've done, the NWA, uh, from when you started to where you are now, you've always been my hero. And to be honest with you, when I was in junior high, I always used to wear my hair just like yours. I always used to have a crew cut because I loved it so much. I couldn't pull the blonde off, but I could pull off the crew cut. <laughs> you have been lucky you didn't wear that in 62. Because I'll tell you, back then when you had blonde hair with a haircut like that, you might as well be a boy named Sue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back, back in them days, yeah, <laughs> you you could have a lot of trouble walking into a bar back then. 
The tomato conversion has changed. Uh, and, uh, you know, you started in 62. You retired in 2011. And uh, we'll kind of start with the beginning of your career and kind of uh, go on to where you're at now. Uh, but you were trained by a wrestling legend, were you not? Uh, there's a lot of noise on the phone. What was the question? Uh, you were trained by a wrestling legend, were you not? No. Well, in, in a way, but nobody knew the guy. The guy was a big star in England. His name was Pat Gerard. There's a lot of things out there. that Pat Patterson trained me, did this, did that. The guy was uh, a big star in England in the 50s after World War II. And uh, he got deported, and he wound up, he was a Canadian. And uh, he was a coach. And he, that's, that's who trained me. His name was Pat Gerard, and his uh, wrestling name in England was uh, Pat Curry. So people said that the people that said that you were trained by Pat Patterson, that's incorrect, then, correct? That's very incorrect. Yeah, he never had anything to do with it. I just knew him. I mean, we and came you, from you the probably, same uh, you, probably, you probably beat him several times, too, correct? No, would you believe I never wrestled him? Because uh, he, he broke in about four years, three, four years earlier than me. And uh, when I got to Boston, he was gone. And he went to uh, he went to Oregon and uh, San Francisco. And that's, that's where his career was, mainly. And uh, no, I never, I never was in the same territory he was when I was working. Except at the end, he was working for Vince um, McMahon when I was at WWE. But he wasn't wrestling then. He was a agent, I guess, or something like that. And, you know, back in the day when you were with, uh, you know, the WWF at the time, WWE now, WWF at the time, you had some of the, the greatest feuds, and you were the best feud, uh, the best heel that they had on the card. I don't know if you like that term, but that's what uh, most uh, fans refer to. But you had some of the greatest feuds in history. You feuded with Andre the Giant, Bob Orton Jr., you know, and you've had a lot of uh, the ones I remember most was uh, your, uh, you know, against the Legion of Doom and Jake the Snake Roberts. Kind of take us through when they when you went to the WWE and they decided that you were that they wanted you to be a heel instead of a babyface. How how did you take that? Were you all for it or did you did you kind of bilk at it at the beginning? I always wrestle the same. I didn't care to me a heel or baby face. I wrestle the same. I kicked your ass. That's it. You know? <laughs> you know, I didn't shake hands. I just hit butted you, knocked you out. <laughs> you know, heels a baby face to me. That was a bunch of bullshit. You know, wrestling is wrestling. You know, the good guy and the bad guy. I didn't play that game. You know, I was me all the way. Because I'll tell you what, most, awesome. people never get, most people never get in a damn fight in their lives. You got in a fight, man. You have no friends. You kick ass. Exactly. And you were always the best at doing what you did in the ring. No one at the time had the style that you did. When you went into the ring, whoever was on the other opposite side of the ring with you knew that they were going to be in for a fight and generally knew that they'd be out on the losing end because of how good you were in what you did. Well, you know, that that's what uh, wrestling was. That's the way I was trained, man. When you get in a fight, there's no such thing as dropping on your knees like a coward and you want to shake hands and you're begging, begging for your life or whatever they're doing. Uh, you know, you just wrestle. Uh, 
I've always stayed in shape. That was number one thing in my life was to be in shape. Because if you can wrestle for an hour or two hours, most of the time you're almost wrestling by yourself because a lot of those guys are out of breath and they're pretty helpless. But, you know, I, I was lucky. I wrestled with some guys who were very good athletes. And uh, Jake the Snake, for me, was one of the best. Greg Valentine, uh, Ted DiBiase. I mean, the list goes on and on. There was, was a lot of good, good, good guys in the business. I mean, good wrestlers, good performers. So, do you, yeah, you think wrestling is different today than it was, though? I mean, I don't know how much you still watch it, but do you think maybe yeah, it's more about the showmanship? <laughs> Entertainment, right. I'll tell you. You know, well, it's four changes. I don't like it. I mean, I don't like it. It's not only in wrestling. I don't like the changes in a lot of things. But, you know, there's nothing I can do about it, so I don't watch it. Uh, because... I don't look at it as an art anymore. Well, well there, there was an element of showmanship. Well, there was an element of showmanship back then too, though, right? I mean, I know it was more rough and gritty back then, but you still kind of had those those uh, entities that were, you know, sort of the sort of the showman back then also. But do, do you think now, like compared to if you were the age you were when you started, right? You were still, you know, in your prime, and you were still able to get in the ring and, and, and do, do things at the highest level. If you were competing now, uh, would you rather compete now or rather compete then? Like, do you think it'd be, it, it's easier to be a wrestler now, per se? No, I, I, would, I, would have, I, would, I would have never been in the business. If wrestling would have been like that, I would have never gone into wrestling. Because uh, the oh, wow. truth, I that, well, I, it's not being a man as a... Uh, uh, degrading the business. What it is is to me I can't do what they're doing today because I can't sing, I can't dance and I can't rock and roll. And I can't I just can't do that stuff. You know, they go on and talk for an hour in the ring. Uh they make speeches. Uh they got their lines, they memorize anything. They memorize anything. We went to the ring. Icon, there's a lot of feedback going on. Are you playing the show on your iP- uh, on your? Uh, are you playing the, th- the show through your tablet also? Also, because I can hear a lot of feedback. Icon. Oh, I can hear all that on mine too. No, I'm in the, I'm in a window up in the mountains, and it's a no, not phone. you. I mean, Icon. He might be playing it on his tablet oh. also. So. No, I'm not. Yeah, there's a lot of noise in the background. Well, there we go. All right, it seems to be quieted down now. I don't know what that was, but okay, continue. The little gremlins, they're invading us. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what it is? You know what it is? And uh, I want to kind of talk about this real quick. The the one thing that I remember most uh, about uh, you when you wrestled was your feud with uh, Greg Valentine. He's probably trying to hack the show right now because uh, I didn't ha- have him as a guest. But can you talk real quick? I to me, that was your – then we'll go to Granny. But to me, that was probably the greatest feud that you ever did when Jack he made you a referee, and you were refereeing Greg Valentine's matches. Of course, you ended up punching him because, you know, you were feuding with him, and you ended up being banned as a, a referee. But what, would you agree that that was probably one of your favorite feuds that you did, or did you have a, a better one that you could tell us about? Well, the whole thing was my idea to start with. <laughs> that's 
I went to New York after you went. I didn't know how do you stand out in New York with all these giants, all these big bodybuilders, all these, you know, there's a, there was a lot of things going on. And you want to stand out, you know, you want to stand out, what do you do? So when I saw Greg, I, I, I told him, I said, let's do this thing. Because I know Greg. I wrestled his dad. I wrestled, uh, you know, and uh, his dad was one of the best, you know, and Greg is one of the best. And and uh, very solid guy. And uh, that's the kind of wrestling I like. I don't, I, I don't like somebody that shake hands like a douchebag and, and punches like a like a queen, you know. Uh that's not my style. And uh, he was the kind of guy that you can have a wrestling match and, and, and go forty five, fifty minutes and, uh, and so anyway I run it by uh, somebody I can't remember if it was Pat Patterson or somebody at WWF. They liked it. They changed a few things in the in the thing. But mainly the referee was my idea. It was my idea to get involved and get into uh, pay per view. If you didn't have any angle with anybody else, you didn't get into pay-per-view. It's a business. Wrestling is nothing but a business. And uh, so I did well. I was happy. Uh, two years I had enough, and I was 45 years old. It was time to go home after that. And mentioned uh, that, you know, you were always uh, probably the, the greatest bad guy in the ring. And uh, I don't think there there is anybody that, and I'm not just saying this because it's you, but I don't think there's anybody that can compare to what you did back then today. I mean, it's it's just it's just, it's just it's just pitiful. It's just awful what they do today. But with that being said, uh, Granny, we got probably the greatest uh, bad guy in the history of uh, WWE in the '80s. What do you got? Well, hello, Ronnie. I am Granny Holster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan and. Yes, when you started wrestling, that's the year Granny was born, was 1962. But uh-huh. I remember you quite well back um, during the Jim Crockett promotion days for the NWA. I mean, you feuded with Tully Blanchard and Black Bart, and I remember you formed a tag team with Barry Windham, and you won the NWA United States Tag Team Championship with him. What was that like? Can you share with the fans and the listeners um, what those days were like during the Jim Crockett promotion days with the NWA? Well, they were good days. I had a good run, and I started wrestling for Mr. Crockett Sr. when when the territory was even much better than that. Uh, It wasn't run like a cartoon like when I was there at the end. But, uh, yeah, they – I was always lucky to be in good places where there was a lot of good talent. And uh, I, I wrestled more than uh, probably 90% of the guys that were top guys. And, uh, and to, me, to, me, oh. to me, the bottom line in wrestling was always my paycheck. That's how I made yeah. my living. Press, I couldn't care less. The, the hoopla and all the, the glory and all the people people get to believe their own, their own self. Their heads inflate like balloons. Uh that was not me. I'm just, that's a business. It's strictly business. You know? And, uh, but I was fortunate, fortunate to work with guys I could make money with. I know, because, I know that you also had a big feud uh, back in those days with Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express, too. I mean, that was, yeah. that was probably a pretty big deal, too. Yeah, they were a big hot tag team. And, uh, yeah. And we did good business everywhere we went. It was great business. And uh, that, that was always the bottom line, you know, the tenants. Put, you know, put some uh, people in the seats and uh, you're doing good. 
I'm uh, hearing that feedback noise again, guys. I don't know where it's coming from, but I I don't hear it, but I I, I don't know. The the legend Ronnie Garvin is here with us. We got 40 minutes here left with Ronnie. So when when you you know you went from you went from you started with Crockett and then you went uh, to the you know you became NWA World Heavyweight Champion '87. Uh, of course, defeating probably one of the greatest in the business, Rick Flair. Wrestling, Rick Flair. Do you have any good Rick Flair stories that you can <clears throat> tell us? Uh, not really. I, I uh, believe it or not, I, 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 I didn't know him that well. I never hung around him. Uh, I never spent any time with the guy. Uh, the only place I really saw him was in the ring, and uh, because you know we 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 kind of frequented a different circle. You know, I mean his lifestyle and mine was probably the most opposite you could ever have. <laughs> And uh, so, no, I, I I got good matches, very good, good business, made a lot of money. And uh, but uh, now I don't have any personal stories because I, uh, like I say, I never, never really knew him that well. I mean, say hi, hi, and that was it. But uh, so, who would you guy, say was well throughout your long career? I know it's probably tough to, you know, remember everybody. Um, that you face, but if if one match or one rivalry um, stood out to you, who do you say was uh, was always you know your toughest match or always a match that you felt was the most high profile? Whenever you would you would face this particular person, it was it was always something you were excited about. Well, I'll tell you what: if anybody today would work with Johnny Valentine. I guarantee they quit the business the next day. That's all I can tell you. I, mean, I had a match. I had matches with him, and I'm going to tell you something. When the guy hits you, you were hit for a long time. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, why? Is that because of the physicality? Because, or, or, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of superstars are physical today, and guys complain about, you know, guys who, quote, unquote, aren't good workers and things because they're too physical. Is, is that one of the reasons? Because he would just come up and punch you in the mouth, like, literally? Oh, so so was Greg. Greg, when Valentine hit you, there, there was a lot of guys like that. That's why I like it. I mean, you know, when you're in a fight, you're in a fight. You, you know, you got some of those guys. It's pathetic to watch. And I mean, I have to tell you that probably you've seen it yourself. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen it. Lousy matches, and it's so horrible you just want to walk out of the place. And uh, there was some great talent. Uh, and Johnny Valentine was, to me, was one of the toughest, one of the best. Another guy was uh, the Great Malenko. You ever heard of the Great Malenko? Uh, to me, is to he, me, uh, was, is, he, is he the father of Dean Malenko or no relation? Yeah, yeah, that that was the yeah. He had two sons. Oh, what a great! And you never hear anything about him. To me, he was up there with one of the ten top wrestlers in the country. Unfortunately, you don't you don't hear a lot about a lot of those those old school wrestlers. I mean, WWE doesn't really, you know, and, and it kind of sucks to say this, but they don't really give them attention until they die. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, this yeah. generation, this generation isn't going to know much about Harley Race until Harley Race yeah. died, and then they ran yeah. a promo spot on him, you know, for two shows. But, you know, the average yeah, yeah. run-of-the-mill fan today would be like, hey, who's that kind of a thing? Andre the Giant has his own 
Memorial Battle Royal. But if you didn't grow up in that era and you didn't really do your research, you wouldn't know who Andre is. So it's kind of one of those things where they only really get attention when they die, and that, that kind of sucks nowadays. Oh, the race was a great one. Oh, wow. I mean, what an athlete, you know. And, you know, I was sitting next to him at the uh, autograph signing about two months before he died. Oh, wow. I think I was, oh, wow. I, I think I was in uh, Philadelphia, I believe. Philadelphia, I think. That's what it was. Yeah, Same thing with like guys like Captain Captain Lou Albano. Same thing. You know, it's, yep. it's yep. just guys back in that day don't really get the notoriety anymore. Um, and, you know, I think that a lot of – a lot of people should know about wrestling. I mean, honestly, WWE Network doesn't even go back past WrestleMania 1. So, I, I mean, WrestleMania maybe 3, I believe, is as far back as they go. So, you know, yeah. even on YouTube, you got to search deep into the YouTube archives to find wrestling from back then. So, it's almost like guys from your era who were great competitors are, are kind of fading away. And, and it's a shame because... There, there was a lot of great wrestling back then. And another thing, there was a lot of tape back in those days. They taped over a whole wrestling show for television. The promoters, instead of buying another tape, they would tape right over it. They were never thinking, they, were, they never thought they would be worth anything, I guess. But uh, they lost a lot of stuff by being erased like that. Because I, I know in you the know, 60s. Of... Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, go well, ahead. Well, you know, speaking of that, you know, we have the you know the WWE Network now, and I don't know if you uh, if you're into that or if you go back and watch some of you know your old matches and all that. What do you think about when you can go onto the internet and type in your name, Ronnie Garvin, and you see old matches? Do you do you ever do that? Uh, do you uh, or do you just not? Pay pay attention to that, or like, if you do that, and you see like one of your old matches, like, geez, I forgot about that match, or wow, I I I completely. Do you ever do you ever do that? No, I'm not much of a computer guy. Uh, I just, uh, but I, I got a lot of friends that do. I got friends that say, oh, I saw a match you had, and he starts telling me he lives in Indiana. One guy, he knows. I think he knows more about my life, and that's what he does. He goes out there and he. Put, punches my name and reminds me when I see him about this match and that match and uh, there's two or three buddies like that that do that. But uh, no, I got a lot of videos from the I got some from the 70s that's about the earliest quite a few from the 70s and uh, with the guy like the, the great Malenko and uh, Bob Orton and I got Andre the Giant when I wrestled Andre the Giant in Knoxville, Tennessee I wrestled Andre the Giant in ten Knoxville, Tennessee, in the handicap match. He had a partner, and I he had a partner, and I was by myself. Did you ever hear about well, that? Well, how unfair is that? Well, Google it. Google Knoxville, Tennessee, Andre the Giant. I think it was nineteen seventy-eight, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was a handicap match. He had a partner against me. So, wow. you know, I yeah. You know, when when you know how big on when you know when you think of Andre the Giant, how big he is, and it's him and a partner against you, you being by yourself. I, well, I would well, definitely call, I would definitely call that a handicap match. Yeah, well, <laughs> the story the story was that 
remember his first name now. Uh, he, he was he was partners with Julia Duke, and I wrestled Julia Duke, and I can't remember who my partner was. It was a tag team. Anyway, I broke his hand. I took his hand, and I banged it on the post, and he broke a bone in his hand. And Anyway, the thing was, he said he was mad at me, and he come back. He said, I'll bring under the giant or whatever it was. He was going to bring somebody to, to kick my butt. I don't think he, he, he mentioned. I don't think he mentioned Andre. And I said, "You bring anybody. You bring King Kong. You bring anybody. I don't care. I'll whip them all off." And well, at the time, my, my nickname was the One Man Gang. I was a one man gang for about twenty years, and uh, I was beating up four or five guys. So that's when he showed up with Andre the Giant. Of course, you know I went crazy. You know, can't do that, man. But it was too late. We had signed a contract, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so that's how the thing wind up, and Jerry Lee, uh, not Jerry Lee, what was his name? Lee, ah, I can't take it. He's one of the uh, cousins of the Fullers somehow. Anyway, it's not, it's not of course, family, of course, is it? Of course, when he got in the ring, he didn't wrestle. He was in the corner, and his hand was in the cast. But that made it two against one. But uh, Andre did the wrestling, and uh, the other one, the other guy didn't do anything. Anyway, uh, uh, the legendary Ronnie Jarvis, our guest here. We got 32 minutes here left with Ronnie. Now, you know, if if you could, I don't know if you do, but you got to have a good Andre the Giant story. Oh yeah, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, Andre. I've known I've known Andre since the 70s, and uh, uh, <laughs> we went to. Bourbon Street, him and uh, there was a guy that traveled with him from Canada. What was his name? Big old time, old timer wrestler, big big guy. Uh, because back then in the seventies, he needed a translator, and so he had somebody travel with him all the time. So my wife and I and uh, him and this guy, what was his name? Uh, he's a French guy from Quebec. And uh, uh, anyway, was, was it uh, Dino Bravo? No, no, no. Big, 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 tall guy. Old-timer. Old, old-timer boss. Yeah. Frank Valwa. Frank Valwa. You ever heard of him? Yep, yep. Okay, that was who it was. And I knew Frank, too. So we go to Bourbon Street. And uh, Andre Brown ranked about 125 beers. <laughs> he done that a lot. <laughs> and... Uh, we're walking out. We're coming back to Bourbon Street. We went to all the bars and we had a good time. It was about three o'clock in the morning, and we're walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> this guy, him and his wife or girlfriend, I don't know. Uh, the guy looks at Andre. I mean, he's only about three feet away. He looks at Andre and he says, "Oh, you're a freak." <laughs> Andre picked him, picked him up by the shirt, and lifted him up in the air, and slapped him. But it, but it was a slap in slow motion because if you would have hit him hard, he would have killed him. It was just like a slap, like a big old bear, you know. Just, and he dropped him on the sidewalk, and I think he knocked him out. And so he picked him up again and he thrust him again with another, with the back of his hand, and then dropped him again. And the wife is screaming, and so my wife and I we're halfway running, you know, the car. We're still about two blocks away. <laughs> we finally made it to the car and got out of there. Nobody ever said nothing. His wife was just a screaming. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know uh, you, 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 I'm just kind of curious, you know, because 
you know, you know how, how big Ron – go ahead, I'm sorry. You know that shit, the guy that's seven foot four. Well, you know, as big as Andre is, you know, you said you did some traveling with him. Did you guys have to get special cars or special vehicles for him to get into? No, just one time. I, well, I never traveled with him much. He came to my house and ate two, three different times, you know, would cook and uh, and uh, just have a good time. But I could speak French, and he, uh, you know, back then, especially back then, his English was real bad. But I remember one time uh, we uh, chartered an airplane, small plane. That was before I had my plane. And uh, he, uh, he didn't fit in the plane. It was one of those like a six-passenger, seven-passenger, single uh, engine, and uh, so we had to take the seats out, and he sat on the floor, and he sat on the floor for the whole trip. <laughs> yeah, that was Jeez, that, that, that had to been that had to been something just to, just to stand uh, next to him. He, I, he, he was and he was he was the sweetest guy too, wasn't he? Well, if he liked you, if he didn't like you, know, he let you know real quick, you know. But he was a super nice guy. You can't find better. Better guy and, and and the giving guy, you know, and just uh, you know, yeah, I always loved the guy. Uh, the the legend Ronnie Garvin is our guest. Uh, you know, uh, if uh, you could take us through now, you know, when you um, you know, when you went through all the different uh, back in the day when you started, you know, they had all the different territories. Do you feel that you know you mentioned that you don't really watch the product today, but do you feel that Today, with only a couple companies that's kind of ruining the business, or it has ruined the business, or would you say that with the WWE buying up all the territories has ruined wrestling, or is it still a good thing? Well, I, I, I think I think wrestling is it's just it's so big because of the pay per view and because of it's all over the world and because of technology. But back in the old days, if you sit down and really think about this, you went to wrestling in most towns. They didn't have to be big cities. I'm thinking of Columbia, South Carolina, Columbus, uh, Georgia, uh, towns like that. They had wrestling every night. I mean, every week. Every week. Weekly. All year long. And, I mean, drawing crowds a whole every week. That You needed talent to entertain the people and come up with something new all the time. You know, today they could Yeah, but you that. know, one thing I noticed, too, about the territory days <clears throat> was that wrestling was all over the country. I mean, it was a, it was a nationwide exactly. thing. I mean, and, and depending on which territory you, you know, you wrestled in, uh, you know, the, the crowds were different in different places and whatnot. But um, it seems like nowadays WWE is in, like, four different cities. You know, it seems like every time you turn on Raw, they're either in Brooklyn, Madison Square Garden, Tampa, L.A., or, or like, Tampa, and that's it. I mean, the Midwest is, other than Chicago, of course, the the Midwest is pretty much ignored. You're absolutely right. I've been saying that for a long time. I said wrestling is dead today compared to those days. It is dead. Even back in the 90s, like, during the Attitude Era. Even back in the 90s, during the Attitude Era, they did a show in Worcester, Massachusetts, which is a a, a little venue, maybe 10,000 seats or whatnot, but they were still in different cities. Yeah, yeah, in Worcester. 
and, and they, just, they don't go to Worcester anymore. They might they might go to Boston every once in a while, but you know we would even there's we would places even... in Nebraska and Tennessee that are ignored. I mean, I mean places down by Granny. For instance, Granny, if you want to go to a WWE show, chances are you got to drive a little ways. Like, like they're not oh, really yeah. coming to your hometown anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, even even Lynn, Lynn, Massachusetts, was six miles outside of Boston. They had wrestling every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, out in Rock Island, all places like that. I mean, people get live wrestling in their town every week. And, and there's a lot of different talent. Because the talent had to move around quite a bit because you got old after a while, you know, every week. But the, the good ones, they, they lasted two or three years in one place. You know, big turnover in the guys, the talent. But, uh, yeah, that was the good old days. If wrestling would have been like it is today, I would have never got in it because, you know, like I said, I'm not a rock and roll and dance and, and, and do all that uh, fancy stuff. <laughs> I think, honestly, it's no. more about. It's more about the image today than it is about the actual wrestling. Like, like I, I think the best way to say it is back when you wrestled, guys were actual, you know, fighters and wrestlers. Today, they're just really good athletes. But that's about it. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're athletic. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know what I noticed? And uh, there might be some. Well, I'm not saying it. I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way. But I'd love to see some of those guys going out. An hour, one hour of wrestling, and then after the end of the match, it's a draw or something. Ask for another ten minutes and go another ten minutes. I like to see that, but you know, I don't think they can do it. You know, no. The average match, I I looked it up. The average match is like, I think seven to eight minutes now. It's crazy. See, that's what I'm saying. You're you're an athlete, but you're not in shape. You know, being an athlete, looking good, and being in shape is two different things. I, I, when I, in my best, man, I could go two hours in the ring. I, got, I wrestled two hours and 40 minutes one night. Yep. I, I was in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. This is back in 1967, probably 68. Two hours and 40 minutes. And we sold out the wow. college arena. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that was with the uh, hangman. That's Nicole a whole one. show nowadays. I mean, Raw, yeah, Raw itself is only three hours. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much a whole show. Well, what it was, it was a Texas death match, no time limit. So we went as long as we oh, could. Wow. Wind up. Yep, yeah. But, you know, back then you had to do something different. And we made the front page of the paper. We made a, And, you know, you had a hard time getting any, any, any publicity in the paper or the radio, you know, and that was front page of the paper. Because it was a uh, small town. So Ronnie Garbage, our guest here. we got uh, 23 minutes here left with Ronnie. So... Ronnie, let me ask you this. You know, in all your years of wrestling, did you have a favorite town or a favorite city that you loved to wrestle in that you just, every time you went there, whether you were the good guy or the bad guy, they, they always cheered you, they always loved you? Did you, did you have a favorite a, place that you like to wrestle? I had two. I had two. One was uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And the other one was Knoxville, Tennessee. Those were my two favorites. Baltimore was an awesome town. Oh, Lord. I mean, in the 80s, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was just, uh, it was so different from other places. 
of course, I think I won two or three titles there. I wrestled Jake the Snake and I think DBRC and I wrestled quite a few guys. But uh, what a city, what a town. Now, when you um, what when you know you 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 traveled you know up and down the road, and going from town to town, place to place, city to city, did you have uh, a travel partner or did you mostly travel by yourself? No, I had airplanes. I had three different airplanes. I started flying in '72. After 10 years in wrestling, I said. I went and got my pilot's license, and then I flew all over. When I retired, I was flying when I was at WWF. I had my own airplane. I'd fly to California, fly all over the place. Yeah, there was more guys that wanted to fly. If I would have had 60 seats, I would have filled them. I used, I used to tell them, you better get, as soon as you find out where you're at, you better you better call me. I had the, My last airplane was a seven-seater, seven seven-passenger. Now, did you, do, you, do you still fly today? No, when I retired from wrestling, I flew freight, cargo, for 13 years. I don't fly anymore. I just, uh, I retired in 03. I haven't worked since. Now, didn't you uh, also, uh, after you retired, didn't you, uh, and I don't know if your story is true. You can can say it was true and deny it. If it's true, you can tell us a few stories. If you don't, I'll understand. But is it true that uh, you uh, own some car dealerships, too? Well, yeah, yeah, I was in the used car business. I was in the used car, but they're not dealership. They're used cars, buy here, pay here. I finance them, and and uh, yeah, I was in that business too. While I was flying, I had somebody running it for me, and I owned the land. I still own it today. And I'm I'm kind of curious, you know, when, uh, you know, uh, let's say at your at your when you're selling a used car and someone uh, comes up to you to buy a used car, did anybody say, aren't you Ronnie Garvin, or aren't you that wrestler? Did it? Did that ever happen? Well, yeah, because the name, the name, the name of the it was uh, Ronnie Garvin's used cars. <laughs> so they had to know. <laughs> yeah, that was you know, that, that and, was the uh, You know, and you know, being a former wrestler, now uh, I, I'm just freestyling here. I, I'm kind of doing a little joke too, but you know, you sell used cars and. Uh, you financing the cars. Uh, did you ever have the deal that, uh, you know, I'm a wrestler. If you don't pay your bill, uh, you know, we can get in the ring and I can take care of that? No, no, I didn't do that. I had, I had good customers. It's a good business. You treat people right, man. You just, uh, it's a good business to be in if you treat people right. And I did. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, but I, I, did, I didn't spend a lot of time there because I was flying cargo at the same time, and, and I would call my my uh, manager every morning and every afternoon. But I was on the road flying cargo, flying freight. So I was uh, in two different business. <laughs> but I used That's the awesome. name, you know, what, 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 especially in Charlotte. You know, I used the name. Charlotte was a great city, great town. Uh, and, uh, we have the uh, legend Ronnie Garvin here. We got uh, 18 minutes here left with Ronnie, and you know we do appreciate you joining us tonight. You're awesome, and uh, you know we got a few more questions here. Uh, you know, uh, you have um, uh, you have a, a son also that uh, that wrestled or is wrestling, don't you? Or did wrestle? Uh, he's my he's my stepson. I married his mother way back then, and. 
he got into wrestling, but he, he's not. Uh, Did you train him? No, no, I didn't. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, I forgot. I forgot who trained him. I wasn't around when the uh, first thing I knew he was on the road managing, and uh, I don't know the whole details of it. And then uh, later on, oh, we were partners in Georgia, Georgia, and uh, I think so. <clears throat> you know, there's so many things out. I forgot about half of them. <laughs> there's certain <laughs> things that stand out, you know, but uh, as far as the years and where we were, I got up. I, I think I went, to, I lived in every state, I think, at one time or another. Uh, the, the, other, the other reason. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, you know, you mentioned you lived in uh, every state. Uh, uh, you you even lived in uh, North Dakota. You must have lived here during the summertime, not during the wintertime, which covers uh, nine months out of the year. Yeah. Well, I stayed in the south. The wintertime, I was in the south. It's summertime. In the beginning of my career, I was in North Bay. I promoted pr- promoted wrestling. I did all kinds of stuff. We were, uh, my partner, Terry, and I, we were we own 25% of the promotion in North Bay, Ontario. This way back in 65, 6, 7, 8, 9. And uh, we'd wrestle from May till uh, the end of September because you couldn't get the arena for wrestling. So we had to leave. We'd start back in May. Uh, so we'd go to Florida. We'd go to North Carolina. We'd go to, you know, in the south. And the 1st of May, we were back up north. And I did that all the way through 69. And uh, and, and North Bay, and, Ontario. Uh, you know, you, you know, uh, you know you, the closest, uh, you know, the big wrestling territory. You know, I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. Here, of course, you know it was, uh, you know, Greg Gagne, uh, in, from Minnesota, uh, would be considered my territory. Did you do any wrestling for him? To who again then? Uh, for uh, Greg Gagne or, or Vern Gagne? Yeah, I went, yeah I, I went up there. I went up there, and I, I didn't uh, didn't last long. I I never wanted to be that that far north for him. You know, just uh, he called me quite a few times. I remember I wrestled him in uh, Georgia, which I think it was a small town south of Atlanta. And you know, this was a cold match. Just just I never had wrestled him. He never, you know, I I, I didn't really know him. And uh, we got in the ring, and I swear to God, we had a, a match that it would have been a main event anywhere. For some reason, it clicked. I mean, yeah, he he was, and I couldn't believe it. You know, he was a good talent, and he always told me, and he said, "We'd like to have you up there. We'd like to have you." And but it never worked out. I didn't want to leave a place I was doing good to go to somewhere that I wasn't sure what I was, was going to happen. So, and there was. A lot of traveling, I understand, up there too, car by car. So, but uh, I, near the end of my career, I was over there. I don't know, not very long, matter of uh, weeks, maybe a week or two or three. No, but I was on my way out. Uh, I was done. Uh, we have the uh, legendary Ronnie Garvin here with. We got about 14 minutes here left. So, if you know, you mentioned that, you know, you know, we kind of keep circling back to, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you don't, uh, you know, you don't really watch the product nowadays, but uh, if there's any wrestler that you know of today, is there any wrestler that, that you've heard of today that you, 
that you wish that you could wrestle or do you think you'd have a good match with? Well, I would have loved to work with Steve Austin. Steve Austin. I, I met him one time. I was with uh, Raymond Rougeau and uh, just passing through, and we stopped it. They were doing TV somewhere. After this was this after I retired. And, uh, yeah, I like his style. I, that, that, he, was, uh, he was good. I liked him. Everything he did was uh, was solid. was good. And uh, You know, and uh, – a lot of people today would call, you know, they call that, you know, a grunty style. You know, he had that, you know, kind of like you. It's just like you step in the ring, you go in, you kick butt. Ten minutes later, or in your case, well, ten minutes now, but in your day, two hours later, you'd beat them to the pulp and they'd be done. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I always look at wrestling. People pay their hard-earned money to buy a ticket to sit and watch wrestling. Well, you got to give them for their money. They see a fight. That's what you get paid for. You know, if you can't do it or you do it half-assed, you shouldn't be in it. You know, that's why I look at it. If I couldn't have wrestled an hour, I would have got out of the business. You know, and uh, it wouldn't have taken me long, a year or two. And if I'm, I wasn't going anywhere, I was in the main event all over the place I went. But way back in the old days, I was the champion. I was 20 years old. I was in North Bay, Ontario. And uh, we would drop some money. Good living. I mean, maybe not record houses, but the populations weren't like New York, you know. But uh, when you make a good living and you're doing good, and so, you know, I went from territory to territory, and I, I was in a lot of money. Oh, you're not a top guy. Well, not top guys. There's certain places you'll never be the top guys because the guys never went anywhere. The same champion was there for 20 years. <laughs> How are you going to top that? <laughs> You know, and, you know, and, it's, it's, and it's just sad, though. You know, it's, it's just sad, too, though, the, men, the mentality of, of, of people today, uh, I hear all kinds of stuff. And to me, it's laughable, you know, because you lose to a match, you did a job. A job is not that. Somebody's got to lose, somebody's got to win. And if you, yeah, if you lose every night, yeah, you're just a job guy, you know. But uh, you hear that. It's funny, how people don't even know what what in wrestling. They think they do, you know. And uh, I, I read all kinds of stuff, and it's just it's just like in Wikipedia when they say to Pat Patterson, you know, there's so much misinformation out there that it's crazy. You know, some is real, some is real, but some is just unbelievable. But, uh, you know, it was also entertainment, even back in the old days, you know. In the old days, you know. If you, if you research Malenko, Malenko had a, had a a gimmick, man, where he closed his eyes and do an interview. He closed one eye. He had one eye open, one eye closed. And he had that uh, Russian accent. And that alone would... Uh, he would do an interview, and he made a big difference in the crowd that night. Just one interview. The guy was a powerful guy when it comes to, to uh, believable, being believable of everything he'd done. And that he was, he was a villain, and the people really hated the guy. And uh, let's make money with people like that. That's talent. Today, today I don't know what they do. Today, it's just a big, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't look uh, It doesn't look like it's a competition. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny how, you know, you mentioned that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we launched the show is because on Monday nights when we're usually on, 
we always would come on the air and talk about how bad the product is. And, you know, it, it's still bad. I mean, you know, back in, back in your day, the, you know, you know, you have the legends era, which you were in, and then they went into the new generation and then they went into the attitude era. Then they went to the PGA PG era and then the ruthless aggression era. Now we call it the, what the hell are they doing era? You know, I mean, wrestling is not, the wrestling that you had back in the day. I would rather watch your matches back then because back then you were telling a story. Now they put two wrestlers out there. They go out five minutes. They're back two minutes of talking, three minutes of wrestling, and they're back in the wrestling room, and then they do nothing. There's no, there's no point to it. Exactly. You're right. You're absolutely right. But uh, I think it's a lack of, uh, of training. And maybe they don't want that old wrestling school. I don't think they do. You know, it takes time. But uh, you've got to make it look like competition. If people don't think two guys are competing, one is trying to beat the other one to start with. These guys today, they walk around. They're walking around in a circle. You don't walk around in a fight. You know, look at MMA. You look at MMA. They go at each other right off the bat. You know, and and that's what people want to see. They want to see a fight, and they want to see a good one. They don't want to see a two three minute fight and and uh, you guys come out of the ring not even sweating. You know, and uh, but maybe they uh, let me tell you today is brand new fans. All these new fans are uh, they they, they epic, want fans an epic to match see. nowadays. Exactly. Well, an, an epic, and I'm talking about like an epic epic match nowadays. Uh, is maybe 25 minutes, honestly. But I, I think I think that that's the reason for that is the attention span of wrestling fans nowadays. One, it's targeted towards kids. But two, it's there's so much other stuff going on uh, yeah. within a wrestling show <laughs> between the skits, between the – the, the promotions, between the advertising stuff that they do, the backstage talking, the whatever it may be that, I mean, if they had if they had hour-long matches, there'd be one to two fights the whole show and it'd be over with. I think it's become more of a big business now uh, where they have to try to fill that space time with as much as possible uh, instead of just enjoying the sport for what it was. So, I, I mean, yeah, I understand it's a different, more commercialized era. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely think from, you know, I, I mean, I'm 31, and I would love to see if, if they could keep my attention and it was a back-and-forth hell of a match, I'd watch an hour-long match if it was suspenseful, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, I, I just think that a lot, of kids, a lot of people nowadays don't want to watch that. That's, that's the thing. I can, tell, I, I can tell you this. I watched a lot of hour matches. I had a lot of hour matches, and I watched other people's hour matches. And usually... The last 15, 20 minutes, people are standing because they really, after 20, 25, 30 minutes, they really believe, man. And every time you go to try to pin the guy, the whole crowd stands up. It's unbelievable. But if you ever watch matches like Doris uh, 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 Funk Jr. and, and uh, Jack Briscoe, people standing, man, for the last 30 minutes. I mean, I, I've, I've witnessed it. Those two guys are some of the best. You know what I'm talking about, Jerry Briscoe and uh, Dory Funk Jr.? Yeah, as a matter of fact, 
uh, oh, they are Lord, eventually going to be. Uh, they're eventually going to be guests on our show. Uh, thanks for actually segueing Wayne, to that. Uh, they are going to be guests on our show in uh, December and January. Well, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Jack Briscoe is gone, but I'll tell you what. Him and him and uh, and uh, Dory Funk Jr. I watched every match every time I was on the court. I mean, these guys would, <laughs> yeah. Uh, First class, man. You, you're not going to get any better matches than that. And not boring. I'll tell you what, people were not asleep. You know, even Terry that Funk. Awesome. Terry Funk was good. Oh, yeah. There was guys. That, it was, and they were wrestling. They hardly threw any punches or kicks. They would throw forearms. They'd wrestle. They'd try to pin each other. Unbelievable. If you got some tapes, try to find some of them from, the, from those days. I don't know if they're available. But it was unbelievable. Another match I tell people to watch is Buddy Rogers and Paddle Potter, 1961-63, in the Comiskey Park. In, in the, it was on YouTube at one time, somebody told me. Try to watch that match. I mean, you talk about classic? My God. If I were a wrestling school, I'd be showing them those classic matches before I ever taught them how to wrestle. <laughs> you know, that's wrestling. You know, but... You know, it, it's it's an era that's gone, and uh, this is a new era. And uh, usually the people that watch wrestling today, that's all they know is today. And obviously it's, it's successful. You know, it's all over the world. Pay-per-views bring big bucks. And I don't know about the crowds in, 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 in the shows, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm not laughing at it. I mean, it, well, it's honestly, I think... I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to have a more global presence. Obviously, you know, they have this, they have a couple of shows a year in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they have a whole tour in, uh, you know, in India. Um, you know, they have, they have different things. But uh, honestly, I, I think that wrestling today, um, and, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, but I, I just don't think wrestling today would be successful being in territories uh, like they were, or going to small little towns, or having hour-long matches, or having this and that. I think what people want today is people want to go and they want bang for their buck. I, I think that unfortunately, and this is the unfortunate part, is that people today feel like the more that's crammed into a program, and the more back and forth, and the more different faces, and the more whatever that they see... Um, the bigger, you know, the, the more they feel like they've got their money's worth. I, I honestly, and th- this is how much the the current modern day wrestling fan sucks. I think that an hour long match would get booed today. I really do, because I, oh. I think people would feel like they're getting ripped off, and and that, oh, yeah. that's what sucks about it. Because I'm in your boat. I would love to see that type of match, but I just don't think today's main wrestling fan base would enjoy it. Well, what I see today, people would have, would have been laughing in, in, in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> Jeez. They would have yeah. been laughing. But, you know, it's about, like uh, I said, bottom, bottom is a business. It's money, and I don't blame them. I mean, that's, you know, they're in the business to make money, and the, the wrestlers are making money. We never had the, uh, just in the last two, three, years, three, four years of my career, we got pay-per-views, and that's where the money is. That's another thing, you know. We had we got paid on the house, you know. What was the, whatever the attendance was, the percentage. That's what we got paid on. Today they got paid on millions of dollars on pay per views and, and stuff like that. 
So big, big business. Uh, the legendary Ronnie Garvin is with us. We got about uh, two minutes here, and we got to wrap this up. Uh, in closing, Ronnie, a couple uh, things I want to ask. Uh, do you think uh, if you could, you might be willing to send us a maybe a couple autographs for our big December giveaway show that we got coming up? If I were to send you an address, well, sure, sure, I'd be glad to. Awesome. And then, uh, real quick here, because I want you to share this. Uh, if there's if any of your matches out there, like on the WWE Network, because I'm a, I'm a, there's a lot out there. What is one match of yours that you want everybody to check out that that will always stick in your mind as the greatest that you ever had? What match would it be? Oh, there's a lot of them. I got I've had some matches. It's pretty. I'll tell you what, a match I have. If you can find it on YouTube. You ever heard of Big Bubba Rogers? Yep. Yes. Big Bubba Rogers, he was from Georgia. He, uh, what's his name? Uh, the manager, Cornet, used to manage him back then in Georgia. Then he became uh, the guy that walked around with the stick in, in, in New York. What was his name? Oh, Freddie uh, Blassie? No, 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 no. No, the big, big the guy. The big boss man. Big boss man. Well, he was no, Bubba no, Rogers no. in Georgia. If you ever, um, ever see a uh, Bubba Rogers man, he's from he's from upstate New York and carries a two by four. No, no, no. The big boss man. The big boss man. Oh, big boss man. He carried yeah, a he carried, Rogers, a, he yeah. carried a nightstick. Nightstick. Yeah, well, right. yeah. yeah. Well, in Georgia, when he broke in, he was Bubba Rogers. And uh, you ever see that match yeah. I had with him? I think it's on YouTube. It was a tape fist match or something. And, uh, yeah, and he was just starting. And what a match I had with the guy. It was unbelievable. But I had a lot awesome. of them. Which, you know, it's not fair to some of the guys because I'll tell you what, I had probably, I probably got 10, 15, 20 favorites. I can't think about it off the top of my head, but, you know, the ones with Greg, the ones with, uh, oh, Mr. Perfect. My God, what a guy he was. Remember Mr. Perfect? Yes, I do. Kurt Henning. Yep. Oh, yep. I wrestled and his, son, uh, his, his son's wrestling now, and of course, his father, the legendary Larry the Axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's awesome. so much talent. And, yeah, Bob Orton Jr. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> night for twenty years. <laughs> hmm. okay. and, and you know, I'm sure wrestling all. The times you wrestled Bob Orton, I'm sure you, uh, you met his son Randy Orton, who's uh, who's big in the business did believe, nowadays. Did you believe I never? Um, I saw Randy Orton when he was about six months in the crib at his house, and I never saw him again till I saw him on TV. <laughs> wow! And I, wow! Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I said, "What a change! <laughs> Good looking, what a body, man! Guys are a hell of a worker." Jeez. Awesome. We appreciate you taking time on your schedule to join us. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we we love everything you've done for the business. And we love uh, you being on the show tonight. You're awesome. And hopefully uh, we can have you on again because I know that you got more stories that we can ask you about. Sure. Anytime. You take care. Now you send awesome, me your address. Ron. 
Send me your address. I, I, will, I, will te- I, will, I will text it to you, and then whatever you can send us, we'd appreciate Okay. Thanks, Ronnie. All right. You, nice Thanks, time Ronnie. you guys. Y'all take care. Love you, Ronnie. Yes. Take care. Ronnie Gardner, ladies and gentlemen. That was awesome. Uh, you know, uh, he was supposed to be on with us uh, about a month ago, uh, but unfortunately, uh, he had a he had a, a fishing trip that he had to uh, that was non refundable, so he had to uh, go on that, and he uh, decided to be on with us tonight. So we appreciate everything that he does, and it's awesome. So our next guest should be calling in yeah, we'll for Conrad Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'll give you a little background Conrad about Conrad Thompson. Uh, he has all these podcasts. Uh, he's got one with Bruce Pritchard. He's got one with uh, Eric Bischoff, who was recently released from the WWE. Maybe he can give us a little story about that. Uh, I don't know if Wait, you guys or not, but uh, Eric, Eric Bischoff was uh, released. Uh, and uh, Bruce Pritchard is now taking his place. And uh, he's also got a uh, show with Tony Schiavone, and he's also got a show with Jim Ross. So that's cool. So we're going to talk to him when he calls in. Well, uh, you don't have to wait very long, Icon, because I think he's on the line now. Is it a 256 number? It is. <coughs> All right. He, he's on now if you want to take it, take do what you do. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Not only is he a podcast legend himself, just like myself, he is the man that simplifies the word podcast. He is a legend, and he is our hero. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Conrad Thompson. <laughs> well, that's quite the introduction, fellows. I hope I can live up to that. Wow. Well, here, I'll tell you what, Conrad. You know how you always do your, your introduction for uh, your podcast? When you say uh, Attitude Air Live, I want you to do it the same way that you do with your other podcast. So I'm going to give you a countdown from five, and then we'll have you do that, and then we're going to use it for our uh, our show that we just launched that on, sure, no problem. Uh, on the radio. All right, here we go. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Go ahead. Where Hello? did he go? Did we yeah, lose you? I think he thinks you're supposed to say something, Icon. Conrad, are you there? Oh, I think okay. he might be having problems uh, with his phone. Yeah, he just dropped off, oh, no, just he's dropped off a, the line. Well, well, here's what happened. You guys, he's calling us on Skype, so that's why. His computer just shut down. He's going to call us back. Oh. oh, okay. I was going to say, like, that was weird. He just all of a sudden just disappeared. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, I was going to say, I thought I buttered him up. I thought I buttered him up pretty good, I thought. Yeah, yeah, you, you did for sure. I think he, I think he enjoyed that, uh, that introduction. Although, I mean, like I said, everybody, everybody but that one mask wearing guy who shall not be named. Uh, enjoyed your introduction, so I don't think uh, you have to worry too much about that. 
All right, so we'll just uh, we'll just wait for him to call back. Uh, yeah, not a problem. So um, I, I kind of I think I think he brought up a lot of good points uh, in the previous interview about how wrestling today is not like wrestling back then, and and I, I definitely I definitely feel like you know I don't think as, as much as it would be cool to have small towns in the Midwest have wrestling again through these, you know, territories and different things. I just don't think it would be successful because of the big brand that it's become, right? And that's true. And, you know, I think, you know, in a way, with no competition, now that uh, I'm hoping that the AEW is going to push the WWE to go back to – what they what they used to be, you know. I I'm hoping so, but we'll see. Because we all know that the product is lackluster at best nowadays. So it is what it is. True. It, unfortunately, it's but terrible. I mean, that's in a way though. Can we really blame? Can we really blame um, the wrestlers and the companies themselves, or do we have to look into the mirror? And really look at us as fans, not necessarily the three of us, but fans as a whole, and look at it and say, well, you know, this is kind of what we demand. We want big budget. We want pyrotechnics. We want cool videos. We want, you know, this, this, and this. We, you know, it's that good old American, you know, good old-fashioned American capitalism. We want the best of the best of everything, and it's causing these these companies to try to catch up uh, to to the demands of the American consumer, and uh, unfortunately, you know, they don't always hit the mark. Well, you know, I'll tell you, when the WWE was here uh, in Fargo, they weren't allowed to do any pyrotechnics at all, so uh, I've seen them without pyrotechnics, and I thought it was just fine, to be honest with you. It just, you know, that's why the that's why you'll never ever see a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown here at the Fargo Dome because they don't allow those kind of pyrotechnics in the building. So that's why we'll never get yeah. it. However, Fargo does have one claim to fame with wrestling, and our town, Fargo Dome, was featured in the best of Monday Nitro. Our our little building. Our 19,000-seat arena was featured in that DVD. It was the only time that the WCW Heavyweight Championship changed hands three times in one night. Huh. And that that's the claim to fame? In, in the wrestling business, yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget that night because... That was the night, if you remember, on on uh, WWE television, what was going on on the other channel and WWE, uh, The Undertaker had kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and Stone Cold saved her yeah. from getting married to The Undertaker when she was strapped to the cross. I, m- I remember that. Yes, I, I actually vividly, because I, I was a young kid, 99, I was 11 years old. I remember vividly being into that storyline, yes. And, uh, of course, you know, that's when they, they suckered Austin and uh, 
But anyway, we can talk about that at another time in long form. You know, so we're just, we'll just wait. Uh, we'll just wait. Uh, well, he can't call via cell phone? He has to wait for his, his computer to come on? Well, uh, it, it it is what it is because he's featuring us on his channel. So he's getting us notoriety that way. Ah. Okay, so he should be on now, he says. He's o- well, he's opening Skype. I-, I feel like I'm doing play by play. I should be I should I should be like Jim Ross. And he's logging into the computer. And oh my god. He killed it. He logged in. Oh my god. Can you believe it? What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? If God is my witness, the computer is broken in half. Sorry, sorry. Um, Granny, I, I have to do it. I have to do it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I don't know, man. Possibly. I mean, Jim Ross, oh, my God, it gave me goosebumps the other day to watch AEW and hear Jim Ross's voice on a wrestling show again. It it really, really, really did. Um, So, yeah, we're just sitting here waiting. It's our Tuesday show. So. And, uh, you know, as long as we're we're talking about this, I want to let people know uh, that we have uh, a lot of interesting guests coming on. Usually at this point, I would mention who they are. However, it's it's going to kind of be a secret. You, you have to start logging into our webpage. Uh, you have to start logging on to Facebook, off the ropes. It looks like our guest is on, so I'll go ahead and introduce him again, and hopefully this goes better than that. Let, let me just double-check that. Okay, yep, he is. All right. All right, here we go. Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, yep. stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the podcast legend. He is the reason why Eric Bischoff, he is the reason why Tony Schiavone, he is the reason why Bruce Pritchard, he is the reason why JR is successful as they are in retirement because of this man right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the big man himself. He is Conrad Thompson. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Attitude Era. With the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Awesome. So we awesome. have uh, uh, we have a little shorter time with you here, Conrad. We got forty two minutes here with you, so we're going to get through all our questions. And uh, we do appreciate you joining us tonight. And uh, real quick here, a side note: I just wanted to let you know that me and my fiance are using one of your companies to get a mortgage for a house. And I'll oh, let that's you talk awesome. about what yeah, that company is at the end. All Thank right. you very much. So, so tell us, you know, you get to work with some interesting legends. Tell us, how did you get hooked up with these guys? Uh, Rick Flair. You know, I uh, stumbled into a, a podcast gig when I was the uh, co-host of the Rick Flair show. And, you know, on that show, I had an opportunity to interview a who's who of professional wrestling and, 
one by one, I had a, a chance to catch up with uh, all of my co-hosts now. So, yeah, without Rick, I don't think I'm uh, in podcasting and certainly don't know all these folks. And we, like I say, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask you some blockbuster questions, and then we're kind of gonna go go around the room. But uh, tell us what the shows are and when uh, they're on, so our fans can uh, listen to them. Through Friday, usually a.m. Uh, Monday is Eric Bischoff at 83 weeks. Tuesday is at the Arn Show. Wednesday is at WHW Monday. Well, that's confusing, but it comes out on Monday if you're on Patreon. Wednesday, otherwise. Uh, Thursday is at JR Grillin, which is actually Grillin JR with Jim Ross. And Friday is the main event. Uh, it's at Pritchard Show, and it's something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. And I also got to say that. Uh... Uh, my part-time gig, you know, I, I stock shelves overnights, and all I do is, I'm not just saying this, because you, my coworkers will, uh, will attest to this, all I do is listen to your podcast when I'm stocking shelves, because there's nothing else better to listen to than you and uh, your shows. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, having me on, too, to uh, talk about wrestling with you guys today. Awesome. So, uh, I'm going to ask you another question. I won't kind of go around the room. Then I'm going to then we're going to come back to me and hit the hard hitting questions. But uh, being in the being in the podcast business and working with all these different guys, there's got to be there's got to be ups and downs. What would you say is probably uh, your biggest upper and the biggest downer? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how to answer that really. I don't I don't deal with downs. You know, I'm in sales and I have been my whole life. So I try to find the positive in everything. And, you know, even when you don't win, you get uh, the experience and you learn from that. So I don't really have any downs. I mean, the ups are to see these guys doing what they enjoy to do and what they love to do. And the biggest piece of that is probably, you know, when they sort of go back into what got us all here. And to see Tony Schiavone walk through that tunnel a few weeks ago on AEW is you know, one of the coolest moments I've had so far in podcasting. So, yeah, I mean, the high is to see these guys, you know, reclaim their success. And think about this. If it wasn't for you, Tony Schiavone doesn't get that gig with AEW. Think about that. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I don't want to come on here and pat myself on the back. I mean, I'm happy that Tony's doing well, and I'm, I'm happy that AEW is happy with Tony. So I'm glad that my friends are doing well. Awesome. Uh, Conrad Thompson, our guest here. We've got 39 minutes here with Conrad. Uh, let's kind of go around the room. Granny, what do you got for our guest, the legend, Conrad Thompson? Well, hello, Conrad. I am Granny Holkster. I'm, I, I'm just a huge wrestling fan of the business I have been for many years. And I, um, So what is it like to get to be on these podcasts like with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross? Because I remember, you know, watching – Tony Schiavone, you know, back in the day, I remember seeing Jim Ross on WWE when he was commentating. What what is what is it like to work with those guys? I mean, and even Bruce Pritchard. I mean, and you know, Eric Bischoff. I mean, it's a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into the podcast that you know listeners don't see, and most of that work is done by the time we click record. You know, that's the fun part. There's no work for that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the, the the show prep and preparation and marketing and, you know, the the behind the scenes of the show is, is a lot of work. So, 
I'm sure, you know, from the outside, it just looks like it's uh, a bunch of fun, and it is when you get to click record. But the rest of the time, yeah, it's a real business. So uh, it can oh, be yeah. a challenge, tiring, and everything in between. Well, I remember getting to meet Eric Bischoff um, several years ago here in Arkansas. He was at a, a Hastings bookstore for a book signing, and he was signing his book, and I actually got to meet Eric Bischoff. And, um and I was actually on a podcast, um, well, I was on it last week, and I was on it last night. They did a special show last night with Bruce Wirt and Ken Resnick. Now, did you ever get to know, work with Ken Resnick back when he was in the WWF? I mean, when he was doing interviews for the WWF back there in 1986? No, I was five years old. Okay. Uh, I, I I didn't know. I just thought I I, heard, I know I heard him mention your name last night on the podcast that he was on and everything, and so maybe he just is familiar with you working with these other gentlemen, you know, today. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe so. That's awesome. Uh, we have Conrad Thompson. Uh, we have thirty six minutes here with Conrad. Uh, big swing. Uh, Go ahead. What do you got for Conrad Thompson, the man, the myth, the legend? Uh, well, I mean, <clears throat> growing up idolizing uh, Jim Ross, being a a, a play-by-play uh, announcer myself for for local you know college athletics uh, in my town, uh, I've always kind of idolized myself uh, or, or idolized him as and, and used a lot of. Uh, um, his type of mentality when going into it, but uh, getting to work with, with with a guy like Jim Ross, I mean, you you probably have heard a lot of crazy stories because I mean he's been in the business an awful long time. Uh, what's uh, what was what's the craziest thing uh, Jim Ross a- ever told you, or a funny story that you look back on and and can still laugh about? Well, you know, we've discovered some of those through the show, and, and I, I won't. Telling you that he told me off air at the conferences, but he's had oh, some well, hilarious ones. Triple H, you know, saying that he didn't think that WWE should push CM Punk because uh, he had a uh, a soft ass, I think was the phrase. And then it's just sort of the insider jargon, you know, that Bobby Heenan and Jim Ross would use with each other whenever they wanted to go partake in marijuana, and they would refer to it as chocolate cake and. Just getting to know these guys' personality, you know, from away away from what we see on TV and their real life personality is just it's just been super fun to hear. And I hope that fans get a chance to check it out at grillandjr.com. Now, of all these shows, uh, which one has has been your longest tenure so far? Uh, something to wrestle. We're uh, three years and counting on that one. And. And I don't know if you can you can comment on this, but uh, recently, uh, you know, you probably have you might have saved for your podcast, but uh, recently, you know, both uh, Eric Bischoff and Bruce Prichard have went back to the WWE. When you, you found out that they were going back, did you have any worry about that your podcast couldn't continue because of the WWE's rules with uh, using their talents? Uh, no, that was discussed ahead of time. Both of those guys discussed their podcast with WWE before they went back, and you know they they had clearance and approval to continue the show, so there was never a concern or worry. 
so we're not gonna have, we're not gonna have to worry about uh, going to eighty three weeks dot com and find out the show is no longer available. But you guys are gonna continue doing that, correct? Yeah, yeah. The show's not the shows. You know, this sounds really weird to say, but the shows are so financially successful, no one's gonna pull the plug. You know, we're gonna we're gonna ride it out and and continue to evolve as the show goes. But they've been a hit, thankfully. Knock on wood. And Westwood One has done a tremendous job selling ads for us, and that's you know at that level how you generate revenue, and it's a cash cow right now. So there's no way that we're gonna not find a couple hours a week to make this happen. And we're excited about the opportunity that we've had to sort of grow our business behind the scenes. We've added some infrastructure, and we have some help, and it doesn't have to be as time intensive. And and then we still get to have fun with our show. And yeah, it's 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 here to stay. Uh. That's awesome. Conrad Thompson, our guest here. We got 23 minutes here, or 32, 33 minutes with Conrad. Now, I got to ask, and I'll, I'll understand if you don't want to answer this, but, you know, when I'm listening to your shows, you know, you really don't coddle these guys. I mean, you really, sometimes you really seem to get in there, crawl a little bit. Uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Now, with this question, you have to kind of replace the name because since we're on network radio, I can't use the word. But if you can answer this question, I'll understand if you don't want to answer it. But, you know, because sometimes you mention uh, these guys when you're on the show with them. But between Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard, which one can be the bigger Richard? If you understand what I mean when I say Richard. Well, they both can in their own way. You know, it's uh, they both have uh, really, really strong opinions about certain things, and they're not going to just accept your way of thinking because you get louder, so you have to get smarter with the discussion. And, you know, I would say that's a tie. That's as close to a tie as they can get. And, you know, if, if you lump in all the other co-hosts, they're still in the two tie for the biggest reason. So, and I guess the next question is, when uh, will you be launching a podcast with the Icon? I think uh, Icon Thompson would be a great show, don't you? <laughs> well, I, my dance card's pretty full right now, but uh, I appreciate you thinking of me. All right. Well, the thing is, I was trying to get a, I was trying to get a big Conrad Thompson laugh because you know you have two trademarks: your laugh and your ability to say, "Okay." Let's move on. Since you don't want to participate, we'll move on. Or my other favorite line of yours is, "I'm freestyling and I digress." I just love those those terms of yours. Would you say those are your signature phrases? Well, I don't mean for them to be, but I mean that that is the way I talk in real life. And Tony Savani calls them Conradisms, and uh, I guess some of those have caught on, like "chat me up" and. Uh, you know, all the different ones. So, yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative that people are listening and that they've started to uh, adopt some of my uh, southern slang, if you will. Now, if uh, if we were to start using some of the Conrad isms on here, those aren't trademarked, are they? They're not on a shirt, are they? Uh, yeah, they're all on shirts, but I'll give you guys permission to use them by all means. Have fun. Awesome. And another, uh, another uh, signature saying that you have and maybe you can tell us why you use it i already know but uh, our guests might not know you like to use the word roll tide explain that yeah roll tide is a football term if you live in the state of alabama and you're an alabama fan whenever alabama scores a touchdown or 
something that is going well in the game. And so it's become a part of Alabama dialect whenever uh, something is good or you're trying to move a conversation along, or you're trying to agree with something or you're celebrating. It's pretty flexible. But uh, I use Roll Tide to describe a lot of things. You know, if uh, Alabama's winning, Roll Tide. If the ratings are good, Roll Tide. If a lady is very attractive, she's Roll Tide. And uh, now don't hang up when I say this, but I'll admit I am a big Buckeye oh, fan. Oh, no, that's cool, man. Listen, everybody's got to have lovable losers in their life, and I'm glad you've settled into yours. And, uh, you know, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, uh, you know, we can't say that about Granny's team, Kansas City, but we can't say that about Big Swing's team. His, his is the Cowboys right now. Well, I've never seen wow. a team uh, go from uh, first to worst quite as quickly as the Cowboys have this year. I've got a couple of guys I work with who are huge Cowboys fans, and I couldn't wait to ask them today, you know, how they thought the cow. How about them Cowboys is what I think you people like to say. And uh, well, Granny, they were like, what? You know, well, Granny, Granny's a Raiders fan, so. Yeah, but you know what? They've been through enough. These bragger, braggadocious uh, uh, Texas Cowboy fans, they gotta get they got to get brought down enough too. I am not a Raiders you know, fan, Conrad. He, 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 Big Swing is lying. I absolutely despise the Raiders. When you're a Chiefs fan, you got to oh, be a Raider on. hater. That's just the way. No. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Conrad. You know, uh, if you if you just indulge me uh, one second, I think you might like this for your coworkers. Oh boy. Uh, uh, that was your cue. Big swing to play that one that you like to play. You know what I'm talking about? What, what, which one? Uh, what, oh, the well, I was going to play the Raider one. Yeah. For, for, I was going to play the Raider one for Granny. I, I, I was stuck in that mode, but uh, yeah, I, I can play it for sure. A little Jimmy Johnson. You did it one hell of a job. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Cowboys? Yeah! Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It's a great clip. So, <laughs> so uh, Conrad, we got Conrad Thompson, the legend here. We got, uh, well, we got about twenty-five minutes here left with Conrad. Uh, a little more if we don't, uh, if he doesn't get scared too much. But now, uh, I'm going to let you do this because I, I promise you could do it. Uh, you uh, own a couple companies. Uh, could you tell us about those? Uh, you can give yourself a little plug here for them. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're, we're here How to talk about like some money on a mortgage or buy a house with uh, you know, no money down or get out of your apartment or consolidate some debt or remodel, whatever. I'm in the mortgage business. I'd be glad to help you if you've got questions about debt consolidation or getting a lower rate or when's the right time to refinance or planning for your retirement, whatever. I'm here to help. Savewithconrad.com is where you can check me out. I'm in over 40 states, so probably your state, but you don't know for sure unless you go check it out. Savewithconrad.com. And uh, as I mentioned before, I want to thank you, Conrad, because uh, my fiance did get a uh, a uh, little text message saying, "Hey, it's Conrad. Call it. We're going to call you, and uh, you guys are going to be calling her at uh, five thirty tomorrow afternoon to uh, uh, help hopefully get us into a house." And I, awesome. I want to thank you personally. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, she and I will be married uh, September. Uh, 28th, 2020, uh, and uh, I'm going to get you an invitation because uh, 
you know, hopefully it'll be in the backyard of the house that you helped get us. And uh, we'd There's love to have you there. That's so cool, dude. You know? Thank you very much. And if I'm not mistaken, you recently got married, didn't you? Yep, just about a year ago. Uh, and uh, your your bride is pretty famous, isn't she? Nope. She's in uh, respiratory therapy and medical research. Not a celebrity. Oh, I just thought she had a famous last name. I just thought she was related to a wrestler or something. She does have a famous last name, Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> you, 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 you read it up. the lines on that. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the old school joke, but I, got it. I know what you're putting down. I appreciate it. All right. Well, you see, uh, I hate to I I hate to admit this, Conrad, but I've learned it all from you. Uh, the way that you uh, you bait these guys uh, into uh, you know how you come in in and out of your commercial breaks and you talk about your sponsors, I learned all this from you. Uh, unfortunately, this is the first time I've got to utilize it because you're the only one that knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, also, and then we'll kind of go back around the room again, but I also want to thank you for uh, helping me find Blue Chew. I want to thank you because uh, the Icon matinees on Saturday afternoons, thanks to Conrad Thompson, Eric Bischoff, uh, the big Richard, uh, has helped uh, the Icon's matinees on Saturday afternoon with Blue Chew, and I want to thank you for that as well. No, man, no problem. We are glad to help you and your ding-dong. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, Granny, let's circle back to you. I'm, I'm sure you got some more questions. Go ahead. Granny, you got you any here? questions about Dink? I know a lot about that. I can help you. No, I, I'm enjoying the conversation. I really don't have any questions. I mean, everything's been covered pretty good so far, so... Okay, well, I guess, right. Tom, well, coming uh, up when you were when you were when you were coming up. I, I mean, was there a particular wrestler that you kind of idolized that you looked up to that that really kind of uh, stuck with you through childhood or, or even today that you just think back on and go, "Wow!" Absolutely, yeah. I grew up a big Hulk Hogan fan and a Macho Man fan, and you know, once I became a teenager, I, I could appreciate Ric Flair. But as a kid, dude, I was the world's biggest Hulk Hogan fan, and Hulk Hogan is the reason I am a wrestling fan. I know that hasn't been popular to say these last few years, and I've taken some some crap online for saying that, hey, I'm I'm a Hulk Hogan fan because of what I grew up on. Hate me if you want to, but he was my favorite when I was a kid. So I'm able to separate, you know, issues that people may have with a real-life person and, and a TV character I grew up on. You know, like, uh, I know that sucks, and not a lot of people are able to do that, but I am. So... The television character I grew up on named Hulk Hogan was the man. And uh, he's the reason I'm a wrestling fan and talking to you guys now. Well, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, you're a big Hulk Hogan fan. Uh, you know, uh, the big swing, you know, he's got a, a, a favorite wrestler. Uh, maybe, uh, you can tell us after he tells us who his favorite wrestler is, you can tell us if you've had any, uh, any interactions with him. Uh, big swing, go ahead. I know you want to talk about it, so go ahead. Uh, well, it's not necessarily I want to talk about it. I just, I, I think that, you know, growing up, see, I, I've known Hulk Hogan 
personally, I mean, he knows my aunt down in down in Florida, and you know I've met him from a young age because he lives. My aunt lives down in Tampa, and 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 you know she knows him personally. So obviously he was a big influence in my life from a young age. But growing up watching wrestling. Uh, the man that I, I still to this day get goosebumps when I hear the theme song. You think you know me? It would be Edge, of course. And I, I don't know if you've worked with Edge at all or, or, or Adam Copeland, I guess is his real name, uh, or, or have any experiences or stories about him, but uh, he was the highlight of my teenage years. And, and quite frankly, after the Attitude Era ended, he was the only reason I watched WWE. That's awesome, man. Everybody's got to have a favorite, and uh, he's a nice guy. I'm glad that uh, you're a big Edge fan. Did you have any stories about him? Like, have you met him or? No, just in passing. I don't know him at all. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any. Oh, you know him at all. Okay. Now, uh, uh, we have uh, the legend Conrad Thompson here. We have 20 minutes here left with Conrad. And like I say, Conrad, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us on our first live FM radio broadcast here in Fargo. Uh and uh we also wanna we wanna thank uh the radio station for uh putting us on the air tonight, which is of course uh ninety five point nine KRFF. Uh you're listening right now to the Attitude Air Live, Conrad Thompson. With uh with your podcast, you know, you also get to do a, a lot of live shows and a lot of interaction with fans. Uh can you tell us uh how those come about to uh, you set those up, or do promoters say, "Hey, we want you here"? How how do those come about? How do those get set up? How do what get set up? Well, you know your your live shows that you do, when, like Starcast. You go out and interact with fans. Yeah, right. Well, if you're talking about Starcast, yeah, you know, I, I talk to AEW and figure out when they're doing their next big pay per view. I see if there's an arena in the area and. Once I secure that one by one, I start reaching out to all the talent and all the staff and volunteers that we've, you know, worked with and see who might be available. And once I know who's available, I come up with a slate of shows and then we uh, start issuing some deposits, put tickets on sale and away we go. That's awesome. When, when is your next one? It's coming up uh, about three weeks from now. We'll be in Baltimore right around AEW's full gear. So full gear is going down on the ninth. We're doing a special little surprise birthday party. I don't guess it's that big of a surprise for Tony Schiavone on Thursday night. Friday is all about AEW on stage. Our main event will be Jim Crockett for the very first time with a live microphone and doing a Q&A format. And it'll be an interesting conversation about Jim Crockett promotions. And then Saturday, it's all about old school. We've got the great Muda on stage. We've got Sting in the red, white, and blue paint for the first time since 1990. And it's just going to be a really, really fun time. And then we'll wrap things up at Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday uh, with a really, really cool brunch that we're calling, we're calling Halloween Hangover. So uh, tickets are on sale now. Starcast.com is where you can pick up your bracelets. That's S-T-A-R-R-C-A-S-T.com. And uh, if you buy a gold or platinum bracelet, you've got access to all the events, man. That's awesome. Now, uh, when people come to these events, uh, can you kind of – uh, kind of chat us up. Uh, there's a Conradism. If you can kind of chat us up, what, what can they expect when they come see you? 
uh, is it going to be like, uh, like you know, you come sit down and you hear stories? Uh, is there interaction with the fans? What can they expect when they come see you? Yeah, so your typical wrestling convention, it sort of looks like a swap meet. It's a series of folding tables, and guys have T-shirts and merchandise on top, and you can come get your pictures and your autograph and buy a T-shirt, and there's nothing wrong with that, and we do that, and we have that. We've got vendors who have great, unique, special items that are only available at StarCast, and we're proud to have them. But what makes us different is we've got a stage, and several live microphones, and each show will be formatted differently. So coming up, you know, in a, in a few weeks at StarCast in Baltimore, we've got uh, a panel called uh, We Made the Stars of StarCast, and it's a series of enhancement talent sitting down with Cole Cabana to tell some stories on the biggest stage they've probably ever had, some stories that have never seen in the light of day. And then we'll feature a lot of AEW talent. Like we've got a panel called Inside the Roads with uh, Brandy Cody and Dustin and Kenny McIntosh from Inside the Ropes will be hosting that conversation. And as I said, we've got a really big one with uh, Jim Crockett sitting down and his brother will be with him and they'll answer all your questions about the good old days of Jim Crockett promotions. And we'll have a story of the Young Bucks. They'll do a panel called Killing the Business and Probably the most anticipated panel that day is the one that we tried to do at StarCast 3, but he couldn't make it because he had MRSA. John Moxley will be there sitting down with Jim Ross, and the name of that panel is Unhinged. So we're really excited uh, to have all of those. That's just one of the, the four days. Uh, and then, of course, the next day, it's a lot of old school with the Great Muda and a panel called The Great American Baltimore with some of the old Baltimore greats, a panel celebrating Ron Simmons, a panel celebrating the women of the 80s. Lots of fun stuff, something for everybody, whether you're a young fan, an old fan, a new fan, or not a fan, and just want to learn about it. Starcast.com is the place to be. It's Baltimore, November 8th and 9th is when most of those stage shows are happening. And it's fair to say that uh, when fans come to your shows, uh, no, no show is the same. Everything is different. They can always expect something different every night, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. So there's no repeats. You know, if you want to meet a guy, you probably need to come the days there because almost no one's there two days. You know, I wanted to have different guests on Friday than I have on Saturday. And obviously we've got different shows both days. So we're really caught up in trying to push as much as we can and, um, you know, try to try to do something unique, try to do something different. And when you do these different shows, what is the what is your general seating capacity? How many uh, uh, how many tickets do you plan on selling are are available? Or and I believe you're always sold out, aren't you? Generally, most of the time. Yeah, platinum is sold out every time so far. This time is a little different because our setup is a little different. We're in a, a much different venue than we would normally be set up in. Usually, we're in a hotel banquet room. This time, we're actually in a concert venue. So. Uh, the the seating and the field will be a little different this time. We're still excited and and st- still able to offer anyone listening an opportunity to come on in. Starcast.com is where you can right now. Now, do you ever um, do you ever do uh, your your podcast live uh, uh, at these shows, or or is that not something that happens? No, yeah, we've done them. You know, I'm trying to do something different every time. So we did something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard uh, at StarCast 2 in Las Vegas, and we did 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff uh, in January, not January, but the very first StarCast. 
And we did What Happened When with Tony Schiavone at the very first StarCast. And we've also done a debate with Bruce and Eric. So I found different ways to try to sort of integrate everybody, you know, whether we did a roast of Bruce Pritchard at the first one and the last something to wrestle at the second one. We've tried to do a different set of panels and stage shows every single time. The only constant is that AEW's been at all of them. Uh, well, not not necessarily. The first one was pre-AEW, but you know what I mean. Cody and the Bucks, they've been at all of them, but uh, that's really it. Outside of that, it's a different cast of characters, a different format every time. And generally, you said tickets cost how much? I think a day pass is 49 bucks. You can get a weekend pass for 79 If you want something that gets you front-of-the-line access and access to all the shows, you need a platinum bracelet. But if you're cool with waiting in line, but you'd still like to see all the shows, you can pick up a gold bracelet. Platinum's going to get preferred seating. Gold's going to have some standing room only every now and again, but you won't miss a minute. You'll have access to every single stage show, and obviously you'll uh, have an opportunity to get meet and greets with anybody you're looking for, from Sting, the Great Muda, anybody in between. And fans can get autographs, too, if they want? Absolutely. Pictures and autographs are the primary reason most people come, because we offer really, really unique photo ops. Like you'll have an opportunity to get your picture made with Ron Simmons and the actual belt he won. You'll have an opportunity to get your picture made with Sting in the red, white, and blue paint and that famous jacket and the actual belt he won in 1990. And for the first time ever, you have an opportunity to get your picture with Jim Crockett. I don't think he's ever done a photo op ever. So to have a, your photo made with both of the Crockett's in front of the old TBS set with the actual big gold belt, I mean, not to be weird, but these guys are getting up there. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and if you grew up a Jim Crockett fan, it's the place to be. That's awesome. Uh, Conrad Thompson, our guest here. we got, well, 12 minutes here left with Conrad before they kick us off the air here. Um, uh, i got to do i got to ask you a couple ego questions here, Conrad, just because it's me. And uh, uh, it's easy to say that – would you say that you, on a – weekly basis deal with guys with egos i mean yeah perhaps i I mean i don't know i I think most people who've had a certain level of success in their life have a little bit of an ego whether they acknowledge it or not and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing you know having sometimes ego is um the word ego is thrown around in a negative way but i think everybody has to have a sense of self-pride and a sense of accomplishment and if you don't, then you probably haven't done very much, and I probably don't spend much time with you. I mean, I I, I want to surround myself with successful people. So I understand that you have to tiptoe a little bit every now and again because you don't want to offend anyone, and that's that's important to me, that everybody be comfortable, and if they are, then, you know, we can make some money. That's awesome. Uh, a couple things here. Uh, you know, um, I, I sent it to you on Facebook Messenger. I made you a cool guest card. What did you think of that? That was cool, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Awesome. And uh, if I were to uh, send you an address, uh, do you think, uh, you know, we got a big December uh, show coming up, a big Christmas show. Uh, is it possible you might be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways for our uh, December show? Absolutely. We'd be delighted to. Awesome. And, uh, you know, in your, uh, in your podcasting experience, you know, you mentioned you, you know, something wrestle with has been on for three years and, uh, 83 weeks, I believe it's been on for a year now. Is that correct? Yeah, just over probably 18 months now. And, 
uh, Tony Schiavone, what happened when? That's uh, about two years, I think, isn't it? It'll be three years in January. Three years in January. Now, kind of help me out here. Uh, I'll admit, I, I don't really listen to, uh, you know, because there's so many, something to wrestle with. There's so many 83 weeks i got to get through because, uh, you know, I only work a two-hour shift when I do my overnight stocking. But uh, I did listen to one, what happened when, and there's a, a certain term that Tony Giovanni's wife does a commercial on. There's a certain term she uses. Do you know which term I'm referring to? She calls you guys something? Uh, when she says we're something sick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, just, that's just a term. I, did she come up with that, or is that something that Tony Giovanni made her say? I don't know. That's all Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that term. That is just awesome. So, uh, you know, you do your, you do your, your, you do one. It seems like you do one podcast every day. It seems like uh, when you do the the different shows, it's basically, uh, you know, eighty three weeks. You have your format, but you still do the something to wrestle with, where fans can vote what you talk about. Correct. No, we don't have the poll every time, but we have had the poll a few times. We just did the poll recently in Yokozuna one. Uh, we did a poll with Arn and saw what everybody wanted for the next four shows. So we still do polls, but it's not a weekly part anymore just because our schedules are so crazy right now between myself and Bruce. We just we can't do that. We've got to plan ahead and try to get ahead where we can. Now, do you, do you find that when you do these polls and you put something up, you're like, uh, are, are you ever surprised that, geez, why do you, why did that win, or why is this not winning? Does that ever happen? Do you guys ever have that happen? Oh yeah, all the time. Is is there one subject that uh, maybe you can uh, chat us up, uh, like what uh, we can be looking forward to uh, in your next couple of shows, say with uh, something to wrestle in eighty three weeks? What are some of the topics you got upcoming? Got it all mapped out. I'll pull it up for you. But uh, I know that on our way, we're doing a Ask Bruce Anything this week, which should be interesting, given all the different uh, news that, that that has come out recently. But we've also got um, a lot of Survivor Series coming up with them. as we as we head towards November. That's going to be a big topic for us. We're going to do a Halloween Havoc '98 watch along next week, and then we'll do Fabulous Moolah, and then the Wrestling Classic. And then Survivor Series 99, then 89, then 94. Whereas with uh, Eric Bischoff, we'll cover Scott Hall in WCW, Halloween Havoc 97, when Worlds Collide 94, Clash 29, and then we'll finish out November with uh, World War Three from 95 and then 97. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned uh, SummerSlam uh, 89. Uh, before you came on with us, we had a, uh, a, a wrestler that was featured in that uh Survivor Series, Ronnie Garvin. Cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, when you do that show, you can give a shout-out to me. It would make it would make my century if you give me a shout-out on that show, if you can do that. I'll understand if you don't, but it would make my life if you did. So, uh, we have uh, Conrad Thompson. We got, we, got, we got five minutes here left with Conrad. Uh, so, you know, during the day, you're a mortgage guy, and uh, at night, you're a podcast guy. Do you uh, 
do you ever sleep? Uh, do you ever uh, do you ever get your own time? It seems like you're always going. It seems like you never get a rest. Yeah, I took a few days off for the uh, anniversary trip, and now it's uh, both feet back on the fire. And uh, we'll we'll take a rest come November 11th. But from now until November 11th, it's uh, 24/7. That's awesome. And uh, um, you know, you you know, you mentioned you've been uh, married now for a year, and uh, you got a real supportive wife. And we all know that uh, our ladies in our lives are what drives us and what keeps us uh, whole. And so, I want to give a shout out to uh, Mrs. Thompson uh, for being wonderful and allowing you to do what you do because. Uh, you know, uh, without you and uh, Bruce and Eric Bischoff, uh, my uh, overnight shifts are pretty boring without you guys. Well, I appreciate you saying that, man, and we appreciate you guys uh, supporting us and asking me on and having me spend some time with you today. Awesome. And uh, real quick here, if uh, our uh, uh, our fans here wanted to check you out and uh, follow you and become friends with you, uh, like I am, and I hope you do consider me a friend because you're a great guy. Uh, do you have a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Twitch? You got a GoFundMe? What do you got? Uh, Twitter is the place to find me. Uh, hey, hey, it's Conrad. That's H E Y H E Y I T S C O N R A D. Hey, hey, it's Conrad. And a similar handle on Instagram. At, hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. So you got to throw the Thompson in there. T H O M P S O N. Awesome. So uh, we got we got a few minutes here left here. Uh, so where do you see uh, your uh, your your podcast going? Say within the, the next year, do you plan on adding any more, or are you pretty much uh, booked up right now with what you want to do? Booked up, man. No free time. Five days a week. That's uh, all I've got time for. We're in the process of uh, moving Tony Bruce Richard over to Westwood One, and then the whole gang will be with Westwood. And I look forward to what that brings. And one more Starcast coming up November. And we'll be here before you know it. And uh, Baltimore is where it's getting Starcast for. And uh, you know, you, you try to do a Starcast once a month. Oh no, absolutely not. No, we, we did. Uh, the first one last August, and then we did the second one this May, and we did the third one uh, this August. And this is just the next AEW pay-per-view. I don't have anything on the books after this. So if I am dumb enough to do something else, it'll be well into next year. That's awesome. And uh, I don't know if you'd be allowing uh, to do this or not, but, uh, you know, um, you uh, and it's not a bad thing, but, you know, you did give me your phone number. Uh, maybe I could uh, call you up in the next couple of weeks and uh, I can get some advice from you on how to uh, take uh, this podcast into the stratosphere with uh, some of, uh, you know, because I, I, you know, you know, I, I don't want to ask those questions now because uh, we, we do have competition out there. But uh, would you be willing to uh, uh, give me like maybe like 20 or 25 minutes? I can call and ask you advice on uh, how to do certain things. Sure, absolutely. I'd be glad to be a resource to you. And for anybody listening, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I hate it, Conrad. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Conrad, I want to thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule. Uh, I know you got to get right into your next show, so 
Uh, we do appreciate you being you. We appreciate you being the man, and we want to thank you for being on the show with us tonight. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Conrad. You're the man. You're the best. All right, take you Bye. Awesome. Conrad Thompson, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we got going on. Uh, now, uh, real quick here, we got a few minutes here before uh, we get kicked off here, I know. Uh, I just want to let everybody know what we got coming up on Monday because uh, uh, we do have a certain uh, individual that's going to start launching a show up against ours. Uh, he's going to try and steal our listeners, but uh, we got the best in the business. Uh, we got Mike Braden coming on. Uh, he's the director of the Icon documentary, A Real Iconic Story. Uh, we have uh, Sue Ann uh, Burkinson. Uh She is going to be providing some of the music for said documentary. And we have the masked man himself, the Phoenix Kid. So uh, how can you go wrong uh, by listening to our show? You Well, you really can't uh, because we have got it all. And uh, if uh, you're up in Canada, you probably got nothing but an AAA. So that's basically it. What what, what says you guys? We've got a great show. And uh, Um. we are going to be continuing to come live uh, on a great radio network here. Uh, KRFF 95.9 FM. To be honest with you, I I never really wanted it to turn into an internet, uh, internet, uh, into an interview show, but the more we do it and the more we, the more we talk to some of these legends and some of these big names in the business, uh, the more it's enjoyable because, you know, the, even though they're all kind of the same, they're all very much different too. And, um, you know, just learning so much about about the business through our guests uh, is is something that um, you know a lot of people can't have and can't say. And uh, I, I just think overall we've been um, we've been very lucky to and very blessed to get a lot of people we've had. And uh, I do take a lot of pride in getting uh, these individuals. And uh, you know. Uh, this is a wrestling show, but it's more than that. We have we have authors, we have actors, we have actresses, we have writers, directors, supermodels. We have we have adult film stars. We have Hollywood starlets. We have the Glow Girls. We have wrestling legends. We have everything. We have all that and more. What else can you ask for? And this is the kind of stuff that we'd be bringing to you every week by listening to us here on KRFF 95.9 FM on your time. Radio Free Fargo. Which, oh, yeah. That's right. And we got more to come. So stay tuned. Stay listening because we are not going anywhere. We are like that Energizer Bunny. We keep going and going and going without ever stopping. And I have my friends here. With me, the icon, we have the big swing up there in New York. We have Granny Hawkster up there in uh, Arkansas. Uh, the three of us, we circle the map in what we do. So keep listening to 95.9 FM, KRFF on your dial. The icon, the big swing, and Granny Hawkster will keep bringing you Attitude Air Live on this station 
at this time every single week. Radio Free Fargo. We'll see you next week. Dead man walking. You've done it now.